American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and welcome to another episode of American Football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host, Q Floyd. What's going on, people? And we have another great show lined up for you today. But before we even get into the football, Q, how was your weekend, man? Hey, my weekend was great. A lot of good football all over Europe. Can, can, no complaints. Definitely no complaints. My weekend was pretty good as well. I'm, I'm excited about the top 25, you guys, you know, that just came out. So I'm excited about this week of people talking crap about top 25. Good to see Finland got two teams in there, though, so that's good for AFF. But uh, moving on, man, let's get into some football. Game balls. Let's give out a few game balls from last weekend. Who impressed you this week, Q? Well, the, the guy that impressed me this week uh, probably was Dayton Wynn for the Porvo Butchers. Um, this guy had a great game against the Corpio Steelers. Uh, he pretty much ran them. Uh, if not single-handedly, but he definitely ran him into this W. So, uh, Dayton win. you get my game ball for this week. Uh, if you keep running like that, Porvo will have a chance in a lot of games. But uh, definitely this game against the Steelers, I think they surprised everybody. Um, this guy has speed. We've seen him with his uh, with his last team, the Towers, and now he brought that speed to Finland, and, and, and it's paying off. I just want to just add to your game ball with Dayton win. I don't know if you're watching it the way I was, but I'm watching the game. The way he's running, like he's breaking angles with his speed. Mm-hmm. Like he's running, like at, he's running so fast that you can't like angle or pursue him. Like defenders, you know, you got to take a pursuit angle when you know somebody fashion you. But the way he's running, like it don't matter what you do, he outrunning all angles and he's doing these like loop did he loop like it's <laughs> crazy. He goes like in the a gap. And goes back and around, banana boats it around, and he goes backwards 10 yards, left 20 yards, and then down the field 30 yards before someone else can go sideways three. Like it's crazy because he's eating up so much yardage so fast. So I I mean that's a hell of a game ball. I just want to throw that in there. Like that's one thing I really liked about watching him was mm-hmm. how he was just killing those angles. For me, my game ball is gonna go to another running back, Will Young from the Helsinki Wolverines. Dude had 144 yards uh, rushing, had 23 rushes, first of all. So he was toting the pill for the Wolverines. Then he added five receptions and two touchdowns. I think he had over 200 yards all-purpose, 215 to be exact. Watching that, that first game against the Wolverines, he was the driving force for them. Like, he did – like, the offense went through him. Obviously, Rojo did his thing, got the ball out to everybody. But even when Rojo was scrambling around and – and trying to make a play, who did he find in the back of the end zone? It was fucking yeah. William Young. Yeah, Will Young was – he ran a, a pipe route, seeing Rojo get in trouble, and instead of just standing there and looking at him like most people do, he went to the back of the end zone and said, hit me with the ball. Like, that football savvy. Uh, you've seen even in this game – actually, I'll talk about it more when we get into the Wolverines game. But, <laughs> like, the dude, the dude is running, and he's breaking tackles. He's breaking at least two tackles every time. He's using speed and power to get open and to make plays where plays weren't really supposed to be made. So this week, my game ball goes out to you, Will Young. What number are you wearing out there? Was it number 36, 36. or something? Yeah, 36. I don't care for the jersey number. I mean, swag is a little off with that. 
but you make it look good, man. So you got my game ball. Inside the numbers. Here are the key stats for the Maple League teams from this weekend, as well as some of the key individual performances. The Portville Butchers beat the Quopio Steelers 27-20. Total offense, the Steelers had 266 yards to the Butchers 250. In rush yards, the Steelers had 131 to the Butchers 103. In pass yards, the Butchers had 147 to the Steelers 135. In turnovers, the Butchers had two turnovers, both on interceptions, while the Steelers had three turnovers, one interception, and two fumbles. Third down conversions, the Steelers were 4 for 11 for 36%, while the Butchers were 3 for 11 for 27%. In the red zone, the Steelers were a perfect 2 for 2 for 100%, while the Butchers were 4 for 5 for 80%. Points off of turnovers, the Butchers had 7, the Steelers had 0. Oh yeah, and the Steelers lost by 7. Key performers for the game. For the Butchers, quarterback Hans Fortune was 15 for 29 for 52% completion for 147 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Running back Dayton Wynn had 22 rushes for 120 yards, two touchdowns. He also had six receptions for 67 yards and two touchdowns and also had a defensive interception. He totaled with 268 yards all-purpose. Wide receiver Miko Seppinen had eight receptions for 78 yards. Defensive back Nico Royko had seven tackles, one tackle for a loss, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Linebacker Timmy Nuika had six and a half tackles, one tackle for a loss. For the Steelers, quarterback Gerard Johnson was 11 for 25 for 44%, which went for 135 yards, one touchdown, and he threw one interception. He also had 15 rushes for 87 yards and one touchdown. Wide receiver Tino Ndongo had five receptions for 37 yards. Linebacker Donovan Hayden had 12 tackles with one sack and one pass breakup. Linebacker Matthias Erickson had seven tackles. And defensive back Tommy Kay had five and a half tackles with one interception. The second game of the weekend was the Helsinki Wolverines beating the Senioki Crocodiles 47-29. On total offense, the Wolverines led with 456 yards compared to the Crocs 352. In rush yards, the Wolverines had 185 to the Crocs 134. In pass yards, the Wolverines had 271 to the Crocs 218. Turnovers, the Wolverines had one, which was an interception, while the Crocs had two interceptions. Third down conversions, the Crocs were 4 for 15 for 27%, while the Wolverines were 2 for 8 for 25%. Neither one of them were good on third downs. In the red zone, the Wolverines were 2 for 3 for 67%, while the Crocs were 3 for 5 for 60%. Key performers of the game for the Wolverines, quarterback Robert Johnson was 17 for 29 for 59% completion. He threw for 257 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Running back Will Young had 23 rushes for 144 yards and two touchdowns. He also added five receptions for 71 yards and two touchdowns. Young had 215 all-purpose yards and four total touchdowns. Wide receiver R.J. Long had four receptions for 87 yards and one touchdown. Defensive back Charles Wart had one return for 90 yards back to the crib. That's a touchdown. He also had six and a half tackles and two tackles for a loss. Defensive back Artu Kettinen had six tackles for the Wolverines. On the Crocodile side, quarterback Jonathan Baker was 17 for 39, which is 44% completion for 192 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Running back Christian Powell had 23 rushes for 86 yards and one touchdown. Wide receiver Stefani Fortes had seven receptions for 103 yards, 
Wide receiver Spencer Cutland had seven receptions for 83 yards. Defensive back Amir Kalani had four returns for 184 yards and a touchdown. He also had six tackles and one pass breakup. Defensive back DJ Stewart had five tackles and one tackle for a loss. In the last game of the weekend, the Helsinki Roosters beat the Wassel Royals 28-7. Total offense, the Roosters had 336 yards to the Royals 302. In rush yards, the Royals had 207 to the Roosters 156. In pass yards, the Roosters had 180 to the Royals 95. Turnovers, the Roosters had none, while the Royals had three. Third down conversions, the Roosters were 4 for 10 for 40%, while the Royals were 5 for 13 for 38%. In the red zone, the Roosters were 3-for-5 for 60%, while the Royals were 1-for-3 for 33%. Points off of turnovers, the Roosters had 7, while the Royals had 0. Key performers for the Roosters, quarterback Miro Cadmary was 13-for-27. He had 48% completion, 180 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Running back Young Kari had 14 rushes, 137 yards, 2 touchdowns, a 9.8-yard average carry, and totaled 176 all-purpose yards. Wide receiver Adam Connett had five receptions for 59 yards. Wide receiver Alex Wasseljeff had four receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. Defensive back Nico Quick has seven tackles. For the Royals, quarterback DeAndre Borrell was 8 for 18, which is 44% completion for 95 yards. He threw for one touchdown and two interceptions. He also had 12 rushes for 70 yards. Running back Tom Suosti had 25 rushes for 98 yards. Wide receiver Nicolt. I can't say his first name, sorry. Had three receptions for 63 yards and one touchdown. Linebacker Josh Davis had eight and a half tackles, one tackle for a loss. Linebacker Mark Millen had seven tackles, one pass breakup. And that's your stats for this week. All right, let's get to the first game that was played on Thursday. The big, the big upset. The Butchers upset the Quopio Steelers. What are some of your thoughts on that game, Q? Um, this Butchers and Steelers game was a was a was different. I, I didn't know um Seth Peters was in the uh situation he was in as far as uh health wise. Um, but obviously they played it safe and uh set him out. Uh I think the Steelers thought coming into it, running that offense, they they had a you know legit chance to beat. Um, the butchers probably off of what they seen that their first game. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, Porvo surprised him. You know, they they at first uh, I thought maybe uh, Gerard would probably you know go off about two three hundred yards rushing with his own read, but Porvo, you know, they got a veteran safety. Those guys are playing hard, man. That's one thing about Porvo. They play hard in Porvo. So um, they came out and, and gave everything they had. I mean, Dayton Win he put on a show. Um, the quarterback play might be a problem for Porvo going on further in the season, but right now, um, that that game for that particular game, I mean, he did everything that that you know he had a few drop balls from receivers, but you know they Porvo pulled it off. Um, Steelers, I know that's not their normal game, you know, so they were kind yeah. of playing they were kind of playing handicap. Obviously, a different team was set that quarterback. Um, I guess they were just trying to do what they could. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up being a close game. It ended up being a good game. And uh, the Porvo, you know, shook, shook the season up early. So it was it was definitely an entertaining game from, from both teams, um, but just more so from Porvo's side because their running game was just pretty much um, unstoppable at a point. Or anytime Dayton Wynn got uh, free or open, he was he was pretty much gone. So, Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, 
I I enjoyed and I'm happy for the butchers because you know that's the the real Finland team if there ever is one. They rarely have any non-American imports on that team, so you're looking at Finnish guys playing the game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Steelers for a minute because obviously this is not the Steelers team we expect to see. But I was really surprised because, like you said, you thought that okay, Seth's not gonna be in, but you know Gerard is who he is, and this team is set up like this. Obviously, there's a Seth Peters effect. That offense, it just looks stagnant without like a true run game from the running back position. Mm-hmm. Gerard basically, I mean, he's no Seth Peters. We know that. But he emulated what Seth Peters could do on the ground and with the uh, O-line that I wouldn't trust to do anything. He was scrambling. He was finding receivers. He was throwing the ball. He was scrambling. He was getting extra yards. But what they were missing more than anything was, first of all, when he was scrambling and getting those passes off, the receivers weren't catching balls. Like, yeah. let's not let's not be stupid here. He was throwing balls and they're hitting hands. Not hit. They're not bad throws. They're hitting hands of his receivers. They're not catching it. And I don't know if that's just because the way it comes out of his hand is different than Seth, but the receivers let him down. And then secondly, even from the running the quarterback position, he wasn't as effective as a runner as he is from the running back position. And you could see it. Like mm-hmm. they. They didn't have a lot of design runs for the quarterback, and that's not their offense. But also with him running from the quarterback position, if he's not – even when he was scrambling, he had to work so much harder than when he does when he goes from the running back position. And I think that as a, as a running back, an ex-running back, has a lot to do with timing. And the timing is off when you're at the quarterback position compared to the running back position and how mm-hmm. to play develops and how the linemen move and stuff like that. So – Pretty much the offense just it just doesn't click the right way without Seth. And we were given all the praise to Gerard a week ago. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I hey, I don't know. I don't know if maybe that, you know, Seth, you know, putting us in our place. But hey man, I apologize. They hey, Seth is the reason this offense runs the way it does. And that's what we really we really saw that in this game. And if anything that I take from from the Steelers is that, hey. Don't take anybody for granted because they took the butchers for granted and the butchers hit them in the motherfucking mouth. <laughs> all, all, all respect to Dayton win because, in my opinion, if you want to win, you got to put win in. And that's what they did. <laughs> they gave him the ball. And as a runner, he had, I think, 20-plus carries. Some I'm looking at stats, man. I'm looking at stats. I think he had 20-plus carries. Ah, damn it, I can't find it. Yeah, he had 22 rushes. He had six receptions. 268 all-purpose yards. Like, he even had an interception to seal the game. That's what the Butchers need to do every week. Find mm-hmm. ways to get that guy, number six, he's number six, I think, right? Get number six the ball. Yeah. And like you said, their quarterback situation, I don't think Hans Fortune and the receivers are in sync. A lot of missed timing on the throws, and that might that's going to hurt them later in the season. But right now, just get win the ball. Just get him the ball, and y'all can do stuff like this, like pull out a win that you really shouldn't have had. Shit. <laughs> and if Nico Royko can keep making big plays on on defense, like he was everywhere. He really stepped it up, and he really helped because obviously the secondary is still garbage, but he really helped He made up. a lot like, of great tackles. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Him making those big plays really helped him, and you got to really appreciate this. But overall, man, this game was – it's good for the Maple League. 
Because mm-hmm. one, the butchers, way to come back. Way to come back. Because we, we said that y'all need to fix some shit, and y'all did. Appreciate it. Two, for the Steelers, way to realize that, hey, beating the Roosters ain't all it's going to take this year, right? Yeah, you got to play mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Can't You can't just rely on, oh, well, we, we just got to beat the Roosters twice, and that'll get us over the hump. No, no, no. Maple League 2019, every week. <laughs> right now, five teams are one and one. All right, so now we're going to talk about the Wolverines beating the Crocodiles. What was the score of that game? I cannot remember the score. Oh, uh, was it? it 47 to 29. 47. Yeah. Wolverines won 47 to 20, 29. Uh, what were some of your just initial thoughts on it, man? We might take a while on this one because everybody yeah, knows this about is, this game. This, <laughs> this, is a, this is a game I myself was waiting on. I think the rest of Finland, uh, probably Europe, everybody wanted to see what the Helsinki Wolverines were going to look like um, with all those playmakers. Uh, playmakers and all those, you know, those big names on that team. And they did exactly what I thought they would do. Um, and that everybody pretty much scored. Uh, I think they had, I believe, five receivers, five different receivers scored, um, except one, I think. Um, this team, obviously, a lot of five power, uh, a lot of big names, R.J. Long, Jabari Harris, uh, James Perrineau, Robert Johnson, Cedric Johnson, Charles Ward. William Young. And like I said at the beginning of the season, it's going to be hard to stop these guys. If, if, if they lose a game, it's, it's simply because they're beating themselves. Um, watching this game, they they just have so many major explosive plays that it's kind of hard. If you miss a tackle on a lot of these guys, it's going to be a touchdown. So teams have to play pretty much a perfect, solid game on defense. And I'm going to jump in on you there because I, I that's something I want to talk about too. I wasn't even going to wait for you. Yeah. Um, just if if anybody watches like college football, this is this kind of the game that I, I saw here was when you have like that that big D1 team and they play like a D1 double A team, mm. first quarter, first quarter and a half, that D1 double A team giving it to them. And you like, okay, all right, okay, they're on the same level. But by the third quarter, it's like, oh, yeah, they just, I mean, they just not on that level. That's what it looked like. Like the Crocs. Got just as many imports, but it's not the same, like, tier of imports. You know, you got Europeans going against Americans. You got some of the best Americans going against some really good Europeans. And the Crocs came out, hit them in the mouth. Took mm-hmm. took the first kickoff to the crib. Armir Kalani, that boy is gold. But the thing <laughs> was, you, you take away those – that that kickoff return, the next one where they got a penalty added on to it, so they started in the red zone. That's two touchdowns. Yeah, they they only scored two more for the rest of the game, and that was late in the game when they scored that third one, um, that last one actually. So after you take away those big plays, and the Crocs, I mean, they were moving the ball on offense, but not getting to score, and they missed two long field goals because they would stall out in the middle of the field because you can. You can hit the Wolverines in the mouth. You can move the ball on them. You can get places, but you can't finish them because when it all comes down to it, my scholarship better than your scholarship. I don't know if <laughs> exactly. that means anything to you. But, you know, that's what my coach used to tell me. Like, look, if we don't block the safety, it's my scholarship versus his scholarship. Well, when it came down to it, like when it was, you know, gut-busting time where the Crocs had to make that big play, they needed that big play, 
Wolverine shut that down and Crocs weren't able to do it. And I'm not saying it's because the Crocs are the worst team. I'm saying it's just the Wolverines are a better team. And in this game, in my opinion, the Wolverines underperformed. And I know that's going to sound like, how do you Ooh. underperform? They put up 47 points. The reason, the reason they underperformed is because they came out there and looked like it was their first game. But it was. It was. It was. But I'm hearing all this talk about, you know, the imports already here. They have all these guys who've been here in the offseason. They've been practicing this, this, and this. I'm expecting them to come out and be fully tuned. They not. They It take them a while to get going. Second half, they start putting it up. And then I'm going to I'm gonna put my fandom out there. I don't care. This is how I feel about it. Once the fourth quarter came around and they knew that they had the game won, they took their foot off the pedal. Oh, yeah, and, it was obvious. And, it was obvious. And, yeah, and if you – if you, I'm going to say it like this. If you're the Helsinki, Wolver, the Helsinki Roosters and you've won multiple champion, Maple League championships in a row, yeah, I'm with you. I expect you to do that. You know, have some class. But Wolverines, y'all ain't won shit yet. Y'all ain't proven nothing to nobody. So to take your foot off the gas is to say that you don't really feel like you you is that one. I want the Wolverines to come out there, put your foot on his neck. Because when a crocodile lead this game, all they're going to say is, if we would have made a big play here, a big play there, we right in the game. Matter of fact, there was a point in this game where the Wolverines and the, the actually the crocodiles were winning by a point. And for two series straight, they stopped the Wolverines, even had an interception. But then both of their drives ended with long field goals they didn't make. So if they look at this game and say, look, we score points right there. We finish those drives. We're winning this game. Momentum is different, and we might have a different outcome. Oh, but yeah. That's because the Wolverines gave them that because the Wolverines did not look that good early in this game. It and, took them and, a little while to get started. And and to to like to not just boast on, on the Wolverines. I mean, they are a good team. But now I see that the Crocodiles are not – the crocodiles of last last year definitely yeah um they were Santa there sanioki is is a team that is is gonna you have to be watched this year you're gonna have to play hard against them all game um like you said the wolverines obviously took you know took their foot off the pedal um at the end of the game um and i think that's just partially because um you know like i say it's the first game it's a, it's a lot of i won't say a lot of egos but it's a lot of guys who've been playing a long time and it's just you know it's just one of those things where you're like, all right, well, we we winning now. Let's not go, you know, too hard. Like I gotta survive the rest of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. But the Wolverines, you know, they they had some 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 bad things happen for them. I mean, the interception, um, missed tackles. They're gonna their D line is definitely is gonna have to to get better. But obviously, it was the first game, so I do like what they're doing. They didn't show much on offense. I mean, I, I honestly think they only probably did five different plays which is yeah yeah which, which says which says a lot i mean you don't want to show much at the beginning of the year anyway but if you can run five plays and score 40 points um i'll take it if you got mm-hmm. a running back like like william young you got rj long these guys are all going to play a part in a lot of these games you know from from the game being close to being a blowout so um this game was was definitely one of those games where i was like okay well we see what they got you know what I'm saying? Now it's just let's see how everybody plays against them. Um, I think yeah. we've seen we've seen what they're going to do against everybody. They're going to move the ball around and, and make things happen and have fun. Um, Charles Wood with the kick return and for the second half, I think that kind of, you know, that kind of hurt the Crocs a little bit. It kind of hurt that 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 pride a little bit because, that you know, you don't want to give up that touchdown. I want to I want to jump in and talk about Charles Wood myself, man. Mm-hmm. Just 
I mean, that kickoff return right there, in my opinion, I know I'm trying not to make it sound like I'm like dogging the Wolverines. I just have really high expectations, fellas. That's all. Just really high expectations. That was a but, big play, though. Yeah. You know, Wart making that play is why they have him. Wart making that play on this team is what makes him special. Like, we talk about how many imports, how many Americans, and let's be honest, the cert- a certain hue of the import is what really is the difference on this team. But mm-hmm. Charles Ward, he's the – I'm going to say it. He's probably the most dynamic player on that team because you got Charles Ward who can play almost any position on, on the defense and offense. He's playing outside linebacker against the Crocodiles because they're going two double, uh, double tight sets on them. So he's going to have to get in there and bang. Pretty sure he was second leading tackler on the team. I can't remember how many tackles he had. Shit. He had six and a half tackles. He was the leading tackler for them because he, he went out there and he was making plays in the backfield. He's tackling Christian Powell one-on-one. I mean, he's taking his legs out because he ain't stupid, but he, he's doing that. Yeah. And then he gets a return to start the second half and gives his team the momentum they need. Because before that return, the game looking like, shit, this is going to be a back and forth. He do that. They scored. RJ scored right before the half, and then he gets that score. Now they're up two scores. That's the put away. He putting them away on a team full of stars. Charles Ward is probably the most dynamic player because he can do so much for that team, both as a defender and an offensive and big play threat. And it's just really good to see him kind of open it up from the very beginning. I just want people to notice that about this man. Oh no, I I agree. I mean, not to, not you know, kind of piggyback off what you said. Charles Ward is obviously a an addition. Uh, he's a, a win win. I mean, offensively and defensively, as long as he's doing his job on both sides of the ball, I think he's going to continue to make those plays. Um, I will give a shout out to to Eric Irving. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had a few pass breakups. Uh, you know, like they're secondary and they don't even have TJ playing right now. Jabari played a good game, aggressive. I was surprised uh, by Jabari. He looked yeah, good Jabari, out there. Jabari looks good, honestly. I, we were he still looked like a defensive end, though. He still yeah. looked like a defensive end playing safety, but he was we, good out there. We was a, I was a little worried at first about, you know, making that transition, but he's an athlete, and um, and he was out there hitting and, and, and acting as a, a captain, you know, pretty much on that defense, and, and that's what you want. You know, you, when you got guys out there who, who, who aren't afraid to stick their head in there and shoulder in there, and, I mean, you got all those guys on one team, man. I think it's just going to be an exciting season for the Wolverines. Yeah, I think we could definitely talk about the Wolverines all day, but we're going to try to move on. Before I yeah. get out here, though, I'm, I'm going to throw the shout-out to young R2 Ketton and playing cornerback for the Wolverine. That kid is only 19 years old. He's on the U19 national team, and he was holding it down for them at cornerback. That's a Finnish guy, guys. That's a Finnish guy. Out of all oh, these yeah. Americans that got out on the team, that's a Finnish guy holding his own. Shout-out to you, young uh, R2, man. Good game. Okay, guys, today I have with me Aku Katainen from the Helsinki Wolverines. Aku, welcome to the AFF podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, before we even get into the interview, just want to say I've, I've been watching you play from even back when you were in your Hamelina days. You're always one of my favorite DBs. And it's good to see you on a team full of stars where you can still stand out and show what you can do, man. Just good to have you on the show. Thank you, thank you. Like, uh, it means a lot if you you said that, that you've been watching me on the Hamelina, and that's like a huge thing to hear. But you're one of the guys that I've seen you play 
alongside, you know, a lot of really good players and still hold your own. You know, you don't have to be on a team full of Finnish guys to stand out. And that's just refreshing to see. And I just want people on the podcast to know that Aku is the truth. God damn it. He's the truth. <laughs> yeah, that, that like a lot of that. Why I'm like a stand just said standing on my own, like uh, keeping my ground is because we had a really good coaching staff at Hanalina when we started at playing football here. My coach, Yasu Juhamatti Joginen, he is like a one of the best DB coaches in the Finland. So part of the my success is because he because him he's like a really really good coach, no knows things. That's why I'm why I'm who I am. Like that's great, man. Good shout out to you said what was his name again? Sorry. Juha Mattiokinen. What Aku just said, shout out to him, man. It's good to know that there's still some good coaches out there and you're a product of his coaching. And even better that you actually gave him the credit. Uh, on Thursday, Helsinki Wolverines took on the Senior Crocodiles. Things started a little rocky for you guys, but eventually you got the win in a dominant fashion. First thing I want to ask you is, how was your team able to slow down the Crocs' offense in this game? I mean, they, they had a lot of weapons. They were able to run early in the game, but how did you guys eventually slow them down and basically stop them from scoring in the second half? We like you said the rocky start, the kickoff, they returned on the straight away to the six points. The, like a, we just said like a, let's keep our head high and do our things. Everybody need to do just own responsibilities and keep grinding. We just talk on on the sideline that we just you need to keep doing your own job. Do your own job on the field. Don't worry about the, like a guy next to you. He's gonna do his job. Just do your own job. Okay. First game of the season, a lot of talk about what the Wolverines are going to be like in the Maple League. You're new to the Wolverines. The whole team is new to the Maple League now. They haven't been there for years, so it's all brand new. First play of the game, Crocodiles take it back for six. What was going on in your mind? Were you on the field? Were you on the kickoff during that play? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, was what was kickoff. going on? What were you thinking Like as you saw him like basically get into the end zone? I, that, I was like a just, okay, that was quick six nothing else like a first play we got still like a whole game left there's nothing to worry about we can like a you saw in the second half charles returning to the six for us so that's that out it, yeah like a it's first game things happen whole game left so just play the game that's an interesting way to think about it yeah the whole game left so nothing to it so again we'll go back to the you guys's defense when you're looking at the crocodiles offense Obviously, they played that one game in the mud, which you can't really tell much about it. But in this game, they kind of looked totally different than what we saw in that mud bowl. Did they do anything on offense that was unexpected for you guys that you had to adjust to? Not, not like, not really. Like, uh, of course, that like uh, it's really hard to check the cane tape on the mud field, muddy field, like a uh, player slipping and doing. Uh, I was, I was expecting more like a uh, four receiver stuff, like uh, open, open up open formations and like a more throwing but they of course they open up a little bit throwing game on the second half they run pretty much the first half but there was basically nothing you can say new to us that we didn't expect them to do now let, let's get about you Aku. you got you a pick in this game man look good out there i don't Thank know you. why you didn't return it for six but okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when when you got the the pick late in the game, like during that play, walk us through that play. Like what was going on in your head? They were in the red zone. Look, like they were yeah, they, they were they were on the red zone, like uh, on the 
I think they mostly on the trip side. They did it a lot of, I, I, I'm saying a lot of against Tampere, but last year, if you check on Tampere's tape, and the, la- the first game, this season's first game, they like a, every time they start rolling to the right, the QB, there is out route on the Cutland or ever, whoever was on the inside receiver. So I was just, I was waiting the out route coming and the Cutland run the out route. So I just jumped on, on it. See, student of the game, knew what they were going to do. Got the interception. Next time you got to take it to the crib, though, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I heard I heard that on the sideline too. And of course, my friends sent me a text on like, "Why didn't you return on home?" <laughs> like, <laughs> playing DB, you got to get your points when you yeah, can, right? Through <laughs> that, through that. <laughs> Early in the game, it was kind of back and forth, and then you got settled down. Second half, you came out and kind of put them away. But if you were to say, like, there was a moment in the game, what moment in this game do you think kind of defined it? When did you guys kind of turn the point of, you know what, like, from this point on, like, we know we're not going to lose this game? I think it was on the second half when Charles returned the kickoff. Yeah. GD. I think that was the moment, like, uh, we make a big play straight to the half, and after that, that's what we scored. That was the moment we, like, uh, okay, this is our game. This game... It's, pre- it's pretty much over. You got to watch the film and then get ready for next week. What things happened in this game that you think you guys are going to be trying to, you know, fix and clean up before you head to Tampa the next week or play Tampa? I don't know who's home team. Yeah, Tampa's home team. Uh, I think it's just communication on the field. Like, uh, that's the only part. Of course, there's like a run responsibilities and other little things to improve. But like the biggest thing is just communicate on the field so you can be on the same page to make the plays. All right, so next week you guys play the Tampa the Saints. Uh, let us know how you think you guys are going to come out in that game. How do you feel about it going into it? Really good, like a really, really good. Like it's been one year. Yeah, la- last year I played in ECG. One year I hasn't played against Tampa, but they are like a fun team to play. They they got a good running backs. Lehtonen and Tuukka. One of my friends, he was Alagoski, was playing on Tampa team. Can't wait to play against him again. Like a it's going to be a fun game. I'm just waiting. They got a tall QB who can throw the ball. He got a good good arm. Um, I'm excited to play against them. I forgot you and Alakoski played in Homelina back in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I got a little a little budding rivalry there then. But um, Aku, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Really appreciate yeah. talking to you. Great game against Wolverines. Really glad to get you on the podcast. It's really hard to thank get Finnish guys on the podcast, thank man. You. So thank you for agreeing for yeah, it. It, it, was, it was fun to talk with you. Next week against Tampa Saints, wish you and the Wolverines the best of luck, man. Thank you. The last game of the weekend, you have the Helsinki Roosters versus the Wassel Royals. Roosters got the win 28-7. First half was 21 21- 21 to 7, I think. And that's pretty much all you really needed to watch because the Roosters started putting their backups in the third. What were your thoughts about it? Um, they did exactly what I thought they would. The Roosters bounced back from a loss in rare form. I mean, we already knew that they weren't going to come out and be scoring 40 and 50 points a game this year um, on the regular. But having Kari back was a major, major plus for the Roosters. Anytime Kari gets the ball, he can hurt you. They got some young guys on their team, young son too. 
with his uh, touchdown. There needs to be more publicity and videos. Santu dragged that toe like a pro, God like damn it. A pro. <laughs> he like did. a pro. He dragged that toe in the back of the end zone. Miro gave him that ball that I don't know if it was a good or bad one, but he dragged it. But but you got to see the whole play from Santu, though, even from the jam. Like, like he put a, he put moves on. I mean, feet, everything that you want. I mean, perfect fade ball, catch, everything. And I just want to get him a shout out for one. Santu did what he did. And uh, defense, obviously, the Roosters' defense played great. They gave up one touchdown, obviously. But other than that, the Royals didn't, you know, they were looking for, for something to do, you know, on that <laughs> turf. But didn't didn't happen for him. You know what I mean? Uh, the quarterback, I like the Royals quarterback, man. He, he has as hard, a runner or a yeah, thrower. As a runner. As, as, a, as a runner. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, throwing the ball and then throwing the ball to running backs down the field. There's not much uh, a chance of completion when you when you got to do that on the regular. I just don't think he has a lot of firepower on his offense. So he has to run a lot, which uh, which hurts them. You know what I mean? Um, you want your quarterback to be able to, to, to throw the ball down the field. And if you can't throw the ball down the field, it makes the defense easier to call for the Roosters, obviously, and other teams. Um, but this game was was exactly what, what I thought it would be. I mean, I thought the Roosters would bounce back at home. And, and Miro played a solid game. Kari back. Um, you know, Roosters still have some guys out. Um, but, they you know, they, they bounced back and got the W. So I mean, you said everything. I'm not even going to, like, jump back on to everything you said. I'm just going to throw in there that – Adam Connett wasn't really utilized like he should have, and I think that's a motherfucking problem, Roosters. This is a season that Adam Connett needs to be the guy, and they kind of went back to that old school style of we're gonna we're gonna lean on the run, do a couple passes, and just get out of here. And with Miro at quarterback, the passing game is not as downfield of a threat, so he didn't have as many big plays. Even though he did have that fade to Santu, that was nice, but Connett really wasn't in the scheme because he wasn't running the ball this game. So as a receiver, I mean, he had five receptions, but he didn't really get off because there's not he couldn't really get downfield throws because it is what it is at quarterback. I just think they really need to be careful about leaning too heavily on this run. I mean, young Kari is the man. Look, Mm -hmm. stopping him ain't easy, but there's going to be some teams with a little bit better defenders than what the – than what the Royals had in this game. No, not to really talk down on their defense. Defense is okay, but they weren't able to like stop that type of playmaker as a whole. Because mm-hmm. the scheme is a good scheme. They have a good scheme, and the Royals respected it on the defensive side. But other teams won't have to respect it because they have a little bit more talent on their defense. I'm gonna talk about the Royals offense. I mean, they came with a pro style offense. And like you said, couldn't throw the ball. And it was based because of the pro-style offense. Like, they had Tom Suwosti, my boy, Tom Suwosti, looked just good as ever. 20, I want to say he had 25 carries for 98 yards, something like that, almost four yards a carry. I am not mad at that because they use him like a workhorse. But what you saw in the game was they ran the ball. They ran the ball. They ran it okay. They didn't ever run it great. And for this that offense to be successful – when they do that play action, and also shout out to the quarterback, DeAndre Burrell, because his play action fake was uh, Peyton Manning-like. Like, he had that ball in there. He tucked it out like good footwork. Every play action he did, I mean, he sold it. But the problem mm. was nobody got open. They were relying on two tight ends and two receivers to get open, and Nathaniel Prince was creating no separation. Nicole, the French guy, he's a better, a little bit better route runner but the coverage always had him covered. Like, it wasn't mm. like he wasn't open, but he's running into coverage because the Roosters know there's a play action. 
And then you don't, and then you have the Verdez guy, and I think another tight end that they got running routes where I don't care. They're just not going to be fast enough to get open. You can't just – if they know it's a play action, which the Roosters defense reacted well to the play action, which meant every time he pulled it out and looked downfield, everybody's in coverage. That's not going to work. And that's what they were doing. They were trying to run, run, play action. But the play action never worked, so their drives could never finish. They could never get that third and four or second and six and cut it down to a third and one because – the Roosters were sitting there. Um, hats go off to uh, Kyle Carpenter, defense coordinator for the Roosters, for knowing when they were going to do play action pass. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all it is. Let them get a few yards running. That's fine. Let's supposed to get three or four. That's fine. But just don't let them get the plat the pass. Don't complete the pass. And that's what they did. And the Royals just played into it. That's what really sucked is that you've seen it happen, and they just played into it the whole game and, and never did something to mix it up. And that's just not creative for them. Uh, this game, like you said, it was what it was. We kind of knew yeah. it was going to end up like this, and that's how they played it. They played it like – both teams played it like they knew what was going to happen. Get it off your chest. It's that time. We're going to say what's <laughs> on our minds and get it off your chest. Q, get it off your chest. Oh, man. Uh, what I want to get off my chest today is I'm going to need that weather – and Finland would be a lot better for these football games. One, <laughs> it's football season. Finland has all year to rain, snow, all of that good stuff, man. When football season coming around, I'm going to need Finland weather to get right and give us some good weather so we have no excuses for these teams playing the way they play in that weather. So uh, that that's what I want to get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> it only rains about seven days, but it'll rain during the football game. That's for damn mm-hmm. sure, right? Well, for me – what I want to get off my chest is the SAJL referees and officials. Okay, I I need I need these guys to control the game. I'm seeing a lot of extra and late hits going unflagged. A lot of plays where there's just a little too much at the end of a play, and I understand that you want to let the the players play, but as the season goes on, that's going to set the tone for situations. And what mm-hmm. what's going to happen is later in the game. That little extra here, little extra there, turned into a push, turned into a shove, turned into a fight, and then we got players getting ejected. And why is that happening? Because early in the season, the referees aren't setting the tone. I need you. Guys, you're the officials. You control the game. If some, there is way too many late hits out of bounds. I'm seeing guys take two steps out of bounds and then get hit, and there's not a flag. I don't care if you don't think that it was intentional or not. There needs to be a flag so they can that players can know that, hey, you can't just go and mollywop somebody on the sideline and we can have a safe game of football because it's going to get to the point where someone's going to get hurt and then someone's going to get ejected without there being a flag and then we get into that same controversy that we always do out here. Another thing, referees and officials. I see QBs getting hit right after the throw, helmet to helmet, no flags. Protect the quarterback. That's all I'm saying. It's a job of officials. The game is turning to pure madness out there. These guys are releasing a pass, getting hit in the mouth after they release the pass, and there's no flag. Now, I get it. Okay, if it's a bang-bang thing, there's nothing you can do. But if I can throw the ball, put my hands down, and then I get hit, that's roughing the passer. Throw the damn flag. Let these players. I want this to be a safe game. And the only way for it to be safe is for the officials to do their job. Last thing I'm going to say about the officials and refs is respect respect your damn selves, man. These players out here, 
And, and if you're one of these players, listen, talking to you. They're over here holding footballs, dropping the ball right in front of the ref. Give them, get a football back to the ref. If you drop the football in front of the referee without giving it to them, that's technically a delay of game. That can be a penalty. Throw the damn flag, referees. Get some respect <laughs> out here. I'm, I'm tired of seeing players walk around holding the ball. They're walking with the ball. They walk right to the ref and then drop it in front of them. The disrespect is real. Flag them, personal foul ass, get them up out of here. Fix that shit ASAP, man. This is not a barbaric game for thugs and hoodlums, okay? I don't care what nobody say. Football is a is a game of controlled aggression. So the referees are the ones who control the fucking aggression. So referees and officials, man, I respect y'all. I want y'all to get y'all respect. Do your damn job out there. Work hard, just like the players are. All right, it's off my chest. I'm good. <laughs> holla, holla. It's time for fan shout-outs. It's time to give the fans a voice here on AFF. Every week, you can send an email to me at perfectpurvis at gmail.com stating anything that's on your mind about football in Finland, and we'll read it here on the show if it's interesting enough. We won't be reading anything that's malicious or just downright stupid, so don't waste your time with the trolling. Please include your name and city and email in the email. Yeah, please include your name and city in the email. And again, if you missed it, that's perfectpurvis at gmail.com. If you can't remember it, check the show description and add at gmail.com to my name. No spaces. All right, let's see what the fans have to say today. Uh, this weekend, we got an email from, I really don't think I'm going to say this right, but I'm going to try. Uh, his name is Yeru from, and it's spelled J-E-R-R-Y. So I think in Finnish, you would say, and he's from, he's from Murskula. I think I said that one right, though. Muscular. And here's what this is what I'm going to call him Jerry from now on. Sorry. But this is what Jerry said. Hi, what do you think? What is the real reason Finnish teams don't have or coach good short distance punters? I've seen teams go for it on the midfield at the 45 yard line. And if you compare it to college football in the USA, it's always a punt situation every time. This season is looking to be the tightest season in a decade. The field position plays a huge role in tight games. In the NFL, best punters and kickers are usually from Europe, but in the Maple League, is very weak. So what is your opinion on this? What do you think about it, Q? Um, I think when it comes to, to the quality of coaches, um, when, it, when, when, when they sign coaches, uh, technically American coaches, they're coming in specific you know, duties as far as uh, offense, defense, obviously, the most important. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, not really having a lot of time. I mean, when I was the head coach, uh, we didn't have a lot of time to go over special teams. And I think every team deals with that, especially if you don't practice every day. Um, it's just not enough time in the week to uh, to focus on a lot of the special teams. So when it comes to certain parts of the game like that, I believe that's why a lot of those are punts or a lot of those teams go for it because either they're that confident in their defense or – they just haven't practiced and they don't want to give up, you know, any big plays or maybe they feel, you know, they have a better chance of, of, uh, you know, getting the first down. Um, but I think it's more so just budgeting um, coaches and, and, and the, the duties that coaches come in and have to do. They have to do a lot, you know, and uh, special teams is just one of those things where unfortunately in Europe or unfortunately in, in Finland, 
they just don't get enough time to work at. And you just have to, you know, get that time that you do have and try to hope that the guys, you know, take it serious and hope that they, 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 they run down hard and they block and, you know, nobody, you know, nobody, I won't say anybody really wants to play uh, special teams, but you have to love special teams to do it. And, um, <laughs> and, and when you don't have a big roster, you got guys in there who have to go on offense the next play or they have to go on defense and they play. So they, they kind of take it easy on that on special teams um, in which, you know, you can see how it can hurt you from the Crocs game and the, and the Wolverines game. I mean, two kickoff returns in, you know, in one game. And that, and that's what happens when, when you got guys halfway running and you got guys running, um, it can hurt you. So I think that's the reason more so than anything. Yeah. I, I think like with the, with the punting aspect of it, it's something that is a hundred percent overlooked by almost everybody. And just like you said, the kicking game as a whole is ignored in the Maple League. I mean, I don't have the stats, but the amount of missed extra points in the first two weeks, ridiculous. Like every time someone scores a touchdown, you're like, shit, we can't just write seven because we don't know. Because people can't make extra points from three yards. What is that? Like a 15 yard field goal? The three plus seven, the 21 yards. And people can't make them on a consistent basis. But back to the original question about the punting, most teams, in my opinion, don't care enough to put in the time. If you're lucky enough, you got someone like Spencer Cutland or Seth Peters, and it's a moot point. But even those guys are more like outliers than like precision punters. Teams are willing to give up field position over spending time to develop punters to change the game outside of the traditional numbers. I know – and we're talking special teams, yeah, it takes a lot of time to, like, find when can we practice special teams, go over this, go over that. And even speaking of the Crocodiles, you can look and tell that watching this game that they actually put a lot of time in their special teams. They did a lot of things differently on kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, and even field goal block that didn't look the same. But you would have to really been watching to notice it. But I did notice that Crocodiles, they put in time on special teams. But when it comes to something like punting, I'm sorry, but it's so easy to find one guy who he probably is not going to be that good on the field for you, offense or defense. And he's like, hey, dude, you're a punter. And what I need you to do is work on this. And I need one guy that can snap him the ball and then he can punt however I want him to punt. And we just change the game because we can flip the field at any time. There was those two long field goal situations for the Crocodiles against the Wolverines this week. If they were to punt at those and cough and corner the um, Wolverines, maybe the Wolverines would have had to drive longer field. Maybe they would have been able to force a turnover or something. That's something I think that Jerry's talking about here is that that type of field position is overlooked because teams are just thinking offense, defense, kickoff, kickoff return. But something like a punter who can put the ball and flip the field, that can really change the game. Appreciate Jerry sending that. And it, it's a great discussion. And if anybody else wants to talk about it, you know, hit me up at the email, perfectpurpose at gmail.com. We're looking forward to doing more fan shout outs, guys. Just keep, keep sending me emails and we'll read one and talk to you about it every week. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday. You got the Tampa Saints versus Helsinki Wolverines. And then on Friday, you got the Quopio Steelers versus the Wasser Royals. And the last game is Saturday, Porvo Butchers versus Senioki Crocodiles. Later today, our panel of football experts will pick 
winners for this week's games. And those picks can be found on the Podium Facebook page, the Perfect Purpose Facebook page, and also the Perfect Purpose website. But getting back to this weekend of games, what are some things you're excited to see this weekend, Q? Uh, just to see what adjustments most of the teams make, um, the teams that, that lost and the teams that won. Um, the way things are going right now, a lot some of these games are uh, up in the air, you know. Uh, <laughs> before, like we was talking about, you know, off air, uh, at this point in time during the season last year, we kind of knew, you know, who were, who was going to win what games and – but I think this year will be a lot different. Yep. I think it will be a surprise game this weekend. I'm not sure which one it'll be, but I think it'll be a surprise upset this weekend. And uh, I'm just looking forward to that more than anything. Some, some good football, more uh, consistent play on offense and defense for most teams. And uh, just to see, you know, how, how this third week is going to go. For me, I, I like you said, like, I feel like there's going to be an upset. I'm looking at the Butchers versus Crocs game. I feel like that's the game of two teams that are, where we've seen like kind of like two different versions of the team already in two weeks. Like the Butchers played the first game, and that was just just shitty. And the Crocodiles, their first game, you have to throw the film out because you don't you don't really know. And then Butchers' second game, they they balled. And same thing with the Crocs. Even though they played the Wolverines and lost, they showed that they're a team that's going to be, you know, needs to be respected. So how these two teams kind of mesh, I kind of feel like it's kind of like a a playoff game already because you're looking at maybe the three or four seed the way that they're playing right now. I know it's too early to say that, but shit, I said it. And just looking at this game, what I really want to see is can the Butchers defense handle the Crocs offense? Crocs have a lot of weapons. Their receivers are – are just a better are better matched up against the Butchers. The Butchers secondary, I don't think they can guard their receivers. The Crocs mm-hmm. have a running back and a linebacker. I mean, not a linebacker. The Crocs have a running back and a fullback that I don't think the Butchers linebackers can match up against. But the Butchers defensive line, I think that they can kind of put a hurting on the Crocs offensive line, both in the run and the pass game. And then it also comes down to – can can Yimmy adjust to the Crocs multiple personnel and formations? They go three wide. They go double tight. They go one tight end, one fullback. They go trips to the wide side. They go trips. They they go wide trips with a tight end. Like they have a lot of personnel. They do fly sweep motion. They also sit sit in like a almost wing formation. Like in two weeks, the Crocodiles have shown a lot of different looks on offense. Can can Yimmy, a guy who's more of an offensive guy, can he react in in-game situations with the Butchers defense, which I'm not 100% sold on that Butchers defense. You saw they had to put Dayton Wynn on defense last, last mm-hmm. week to win the game. So I really want to see how that plays out because I feel like that could be the difference in this game, and it could go either way. I think the, the Butchers have enough playmakers. I mean, Nico Royko is all you really need, in my opinion to make a play here and there, and that could be the difference. And like the Crocodiles played last weekend, they're a team that wants to grind it out, make a few big plays, and get out. Well, what if the Butchers can let them grind it but don't give them the big plays? What if the Butchers make the big plays? I'm really interested in seeing this game and this matchup because I feel like the Crocodiles offense versus the Butchers defense is going to be – it's going to either go really easy for the Crocs or it's going to be – 
unexpected stopping from the butchers. You know, exactly. so yeah. it's gonna it's gonna make for a good game. Uh, before we get into our hot seat, we'll hear from Portview Butchers running back Dayton Win about that upcoming game against the Crocodiles this weekend. I'm here with Portview Butchers running back Dayton Win. Dayton, welcome to the AFL podcast, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Before we even get started, let me tell you people a little bit about Dayton. This dude is fast as fuck. That's the first thing you need to know. Second thing is, he's a hell of a running back. He spent the last two years in Denmark with the Copenhagen Towers, putting them on the international map. I was watching him. And a bonus is he also played in college with the great Seth Peters that you guys all know here in the Maple League. Just let people, I just wanted to let people know who we're talking to, you know, not just another guy, okay? They not just another guy. I got you. I appreciate the admiration. We're here to talk about the upcoming game against the Senegal Crocodiles. Okay, so they're coming to you. First thing I wanted to ask you, Dayton, was what does the Butcher's offense need to do? What do you guys need to focus on in this game against the Crocodiles? Yeah, we just need to keep improving, really. Our offense has... Like we got here, or I got here with two days to get ready for our first game, and so now I've been here a little over a week. So we're just steadily getting into the swing of our basic stuff and starting to balance out a little bit more. So as long as we just keep a good balance and find a way to get the ball to our playmakers in the open field, then we'll do just fine. What player or group on the Crocodiles do you consider the strength of their defensive unit? Like, what group or players do you want to look out for on the Crocodiles' defense? So, I haven't looked into individual players yet, but obviously, I, I, would, I would probably say uh, wherever their imports are at is a good basic to basis to always start. And then, uh, seeing that they're uh, obviously they shut down. Shut down the run game, kind of the Wolverines. They were throwing it a lot on them. So let's say their D line and linebackers had a better game than their secondary did. No, that definitely makes sense. So even with that knowledge, like what matchup do you believe is the key to success or failure for the Butchers in this one? I believe it'll be our wide receivers being able to make some plays, get down the field, get chunks of yards at a time. That always helps in offense, just being able to prolong drives and keep the ball moving. When it comes to the Butchers' offense, obviously you've been there, we said, like a week and a half now, but you've you got to know the guys pretty well. What advantage do you think your offense has against a team like the Sinioki Crocodiles? Well, we have a very smart quarterback who makes good decisions, and then I obviously like to always think of myself as an advantage, and then we got a tall receiver and another receiver, Miko, who can make plays in the open field as well, so... Just being able to get us in that open space, I think, will give us an advantage. All right, last question, Dayton. I'm going to let you get out of here, man. Dayton win. What do you individually need to do to help your team win this upcoming game? I think I just need to keep the ball moving, just average over five yards of carry again, and just help prolong those drives because they got a good offensive running back as well, so they're going to be able to control the game. So. I think it's just whoever's offense is going to be able to control the ball a little bit better. You don't think you need to have more interceptions as well? <laughs> I mean, I'll take some more interceptions. I'll always <laughs> go for them, but I like the offensive side of the ball a little bit better. Of course. 
All right, Dayton Wynn, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. It was great talking to you, getting a couple questions out of you. Uh, good luck to you guys against the Crocodiles next week. I think y'all game is on Thursday or is it Saturday? No, it's Saturday. Yeah, okay. You guys' game is on Saturday next week against the Crocodiles. That'll be in Porvo, right? Yeah. Uh, so if, if anybody's listening, you're in Porvo next weekend. Go watch Dayton Wynn and the Butchers take on the city of the Crocodiles. Hey, man, before I let you get out of here, anything you want to say to anybody, friends, family back home, give them a shout-out. This is a podcast-free platform. Do what you got. Oh, yeah, just loving this, my girlfriend, and, of course, my mom and dad and family, and congrats on my brother for getting a new big-time job and moving to Kansas City. All right, and that's it. Appreciate it, Mr. Dayton Wynn. Yeah, look forward to defending our home field. Thanks for having me. The hot seat. Let's get on the AFF hot seat. This is new to the season, but Q and I take turns each week on the hot seat. You have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as truthfully as you can. And these questions can be about anything. They're not limited to football or this show. Also, we don't know what the other will ask for the questions. So it's 100% off the rip. Today, Q is on the hot seat. Let go. <laughs> All right, Q. I just I'm gonna say some names first before we even start. I'm just gonna <laughs> say some names. All right. Okay. Dayton Wynn, Christian Powell, Will Young, Gerard Johnson, Tom Suwosti. Who is the best running back in the Maple League right now? Oh, I'm gonna go with Will Young. Damn, yeah, give him a pause. Okay, yeah, all right. I gotta go with him. If you could only choose one, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac all day. What is the best football movie of all time? Remember the Titans. Really? Any given Sunday is like the second, but that was exactly what I was thinking. I was the Titans. (laughs) The Titans were a mascot in high school. Who is the best football team in Europe? Who? Best football team in Europe right now, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Swarco Raiders. Damn, he said it. Y'all hear that, Swarbish Hall? Y'all hear that? I was gonna say, but have have you watched Swarco play? Like literally, number number six, number twenty five. Uh, who else? Number five, I believe. All these guys number look seven. A, number seven. Yeah, you guys, you, these are clones. They all look Sandro like. Platts Gummer. Yeah, Sandro Platts Gummer. That dude's one of the best running backs in the league. He's he, straight Austrian. He he might be the best. To me, he's obviously my like. I think he's the best running back in Europe, hands down. Like all across the boards. Every time I watch him, he just like, you know, one of the best players on the field. But they have like three of those guys that all look alike. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Forco just looks, I mean, they just look unbeatable. Is it better to have loved and lost or to never have loved at all? Ooh. I would say to never have loved at all. Damn. Okay. That's deep. That's deep, though. That's deep. I just, I, I'm a preventive person. So if I don't have to go, <laughs> if I don't have to go through the hurt, I won't. <laughs> now we're doing a game. Kiss, marry, or kill. Gotcha. All right. Beyonce, Halle Berry. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama kiss. Beyonce kill. And who was the other person? Halle Berry. Oh, Mary. <laughs> you gonna kill Be- you gonna kill Queen B? Hey, I'm not a fan of her. I'm not a fan oh, of her. Oh I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Well, you heard it here. That's it for us on the AFF this week. Uh Q, any last word before we get out of here? Oh uh, no, I don't have anything, but let's play some good hard football this week in Finland. Please check us out on podcasts. Please check us out on the pod beans. Everything.
Google Play. Check us out. Yeah, we on all that. And if we ain't on the platform that you listen to, send me an email at perfectpurpose at gmail.com and we'll get on that platform because that's how good we are. Oh, and yeah. last thing, before we get up out of here, never forget T-I-F. We go. We out. American Football in Finland.